1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Uh, even got eight first place votes, which I don't think.
1: Yeah, so come uh, on. UNC obviously suffered a loss, uh, two losses this
3: week uh, to Iowa State and Bama. Uh, and Bama, a you know, four overtime game, I believe that
2: was. I was watching that one as well. Yep, Bama moved up to number 11, by the way, Tigers' opponent.
3: Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. They are tough. They are a tough ass team. You know, a couple thoughts here. North Carolina, uh, it's, it's just their guards take bad shots. They do. You know, you would think they played through Baycott a little bit more. They mm-hmm. don't. It's it's Caleb Love. To, I mean, Caleb Love had 35 shots yesterday. I, I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he had a lot. He probably had 20-some-odd shots yesterday. Um, and when those shots aren't going in, you know, people forget, and I'm probably guilty of this too, North Carolina was average until they got hot. Caught fire at the
2: right yeah. time. You know, and Love was the, the guy that he did was. that a lot of the catching fire.
3: They were never a number one team, though. They were never a team that was like, you know, number one throughout. The, and and, uh, and what's different? They're basically the same team. So I wouldn't be shocked to see them kind of come back down to earth. They'll probably be ranked throughout the entire season, but they're 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 not this juggernaut that um you know that people probably thought they would be. I think Arizona is to me. I know. I know. Houston's number one. I think Arizona's the the best team in the country. I don't think they have a weakness. I, I mean, they 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 beat Creighton. They won the Maui. Um, they've got Seth Henderson coming off the bench. That's just amazing depth. Their point guard Kerr is is. I, I mean, he is as is, as good as anybody in the country. Between Tubelis and the uh, and the other transfer they got, uh, who's like the basically the same player. I can't remember his name. It's escaping me. Larson, I think, might be his name. Uh, then you have the big guy in the middle there. Pell Larson. Yeah. They just don't have a, a a flaw. I mean, they play fast. They shoot the ball well. They have depth coming off the bench. You know, I, I,
2: they're not going to lose too many games this year. I mean, it would not shock me if they lose once. The only thing that the – and I'm looking for weaknesses. I'm with you. Arizona could be number one. I'd be perfectly fine with that. It, does, it looks like the computers don't necessarily love – I mean, they're, for, they're top 50 in defense, but they're 44th. So. Right. They're number one in offense. Yeah. So, again, we're looking for places. That, yeah, if they get into a game. They don't turn you, know, you over right. a ton. Um, but they can just put up 80 on anybody. Or, or 100. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's around.
3: I but mean, 101 San Diego State's a good basketball team, but they put, they put up 87 on them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, another another – uh, uh, where's Arkansas. In the top 25. I'm going to go back. I I moved over
2: to Ken Palm. They they moved down two spots. They are tied at 11th with Alabama. So
3: Arkansas is winning the SEC. Oh, not Tennessee? No. It will be Arkansas. Okay. Um,
2: That's news to me.
3: I love the way that team plays. I watched their full second half against San Diego State. And they're young. They had a kid on there that Memphis was recruiting at one time, Jordan Walsh. Mm-hmm. who is just like, he, he's like, he's all over the place, man. He is just everywhere. Um, they play so freaking tough. They have such energy. Um, they've got a couple of kids, uh, Ricky Council and uh, Brazil, Braziller or something like that. I can't remember. It might be it's one of the two uh, who could be a lottery pick, really shoots the ball well. They San Diego State threw three haymakers, got up 10, got up 11, got up like nine, And Arkansas, as young as they are, without Nick Smith, by the way, who they're going to get back at some point, um, they answered every single one of those runs with a run of their own and uh, ultimately won the game there, I think, in in OT. So that that is my early season take here. Uh, Eric Musselman. That's a
2: lot to say off just the one, just the one win over San Diego State. Though but
3: it's just like it's just like the ingredients, right? It's like what, 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 what? Look to the future, peer to the future without Nick Smith. Now imagine Nick Smith's on this team. Now imagine this team's getting better. Now, we already know Kentucky is, is, is
2: underwhelming. Take them off, but Tennessee. They've Th- bounced back since the loss to Colorado. They
3: have. They have. Who they
2: beat this week? Kansas. They beat Kansas. Who? And handled like, let's them 64-50.
3: Kansas, ain't a, they're not well, great.
2: But but remember, the preseason stuff, we told about beat yeah. Gonzaga in the preseason, like Tennessee going yeah. into this year. No,
3: Tennessee is definitely a good team. Before the loss to Colorado, you have they definitely had, a good team. They got uh, uh I, I, I thought Ziegler, Josiah Jordan-James. Uh, Vescovi, and, uh, and 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 Euros. I mean, they got they they got some some good talent, you know. And, and I know they I think they added one other young freshman kid. Um, but I I just I think that this Arkansas team has a toughness about them that will lead them to an SEC championship. It's them or Tennessee. It ain't Kentucky. Uh, you know. And I was out on them from from from, from, yeah, from you go said from get go on the Kentucky. word go on them because I just think it's Oscar sheebway
2: and that's it. I mean, so you got those teams now Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Michigan State, all sitting at 17, 18, 19, and 20. Yeah. All of them dropped massively. Duke
3: will get better 90%. as the season goes on. They're just young. They're really, really young. Super young.
2: Um, and so I think by the time we get to February or March, you know. Can Houston stay at number one? Because we said they might be undefeated by the time the Titans yes. see them. Yes. I don't know what their schedule is. I mean, that, that will matter. But yeah, I mean. I want to tell you, the only other one, like Auburn right after Memphis or right before Memphis, I want to tell you. for I, I, We'll get it pulled up here pretty quick in yeah. terms of what Houston's got on that schedule. I thought that was the best mm, one. They play Alabama. Not Bama, not yeah. Auburn. I got that mixed up.
3: And they play Virginia. Okay. They got a tough schedule. Ooh.
2: Yeah, they got Virginia on December seventh. I mean Houston's they're going for the number they're at Virginia. They
3: are going for the number one overall, bro. We
2: said that the at Virginia is the only one right now that Kim Palm has as a projected loss. Everything else is.
3: Yeah, Alabama's at home. But Alabama plays just like Houston does. I mean, they play the same exact style. They just have like these guards and a couple of random, you know, tweeners that just want to out tough you. They got like Betty Ako and and Gurley. They just they just want to throw a bunch of the same kind of guys at you. They—that's a mirror image game. That's why it, wasn't it like a, a controversial overtime game last year? I mean, that's going to be decided by a point. <laughs> UConn's up twelve spots
2: to number eight. Former AAC member. UConn is a team a- that no could make some
3: year. noise for sure.
2: I mean, they—you know—the American Bad.
3: Dan Hurley. Dan Hurley's a good one. He's got those dudes no, playing he's hard. Hurley's to store them. Yeah. Um, they beat Iowa State. Handled Iowa State yesterday in whatever event they were playing in. So.
2: Yeah. I've Anybody been, else that we haven't mentioned that's been a surprise? You, you've touched on uh, Creighton. I think they're seventh. We've yeah. talked about them. Baylor's number six. Yeah, that's about it. that's about it. Yeah, I don't think there's think been. That's a majority. That's your college basketball world. I, I don't I mean,
3: think there's been any, like, surprises in terms of, like, you know, who's good. I think there have probably been some revelations about who is not as good as, as we believe they would be. Yep. Like Gonzaga sitting there at five and two, you know, like – this, this that wasn't supposed to be and and by the way, they, you know, they got Baylor coming up. <laughs> so that's gonna be five and three almost certainly. Um beyond that, I mean I think it's kind of been, you know, Michigan State lost uh, their third leading score, so that's gonna happen. Um, you know, I think it's beyond that pretty much plan out how how we expected early in the season. But uh Houston now number one uh in the AP top twenty five their next game is tomorrow against Norfolk State
2: and Leonard Hamilton's 1 and 7 though. Yeah, Thought that I throw that in there too as a. It's, it's as a, this is going to have to probably be the end. Right? I don't know when how it's not. When you're losing to Siena to open that tournament? I don't know how it's not. You've lost to Stetson as well as Troy this year. They're horrible. Yeah, man.
3: Like what's going on with that one?
2: And then they got Purdue and Virginia next. So and it'll be a loser goes home. Loser. Oh God! They play
3: for two, for three. That's <laughs> their next one two games. games. They're going
2: to be one and nine. <laughs> They're going to be one and, and nine. And then they'll probably beat uh, old Kenny Payne because Kenny likes to get everybody. Away with Has it.
3: they have they won yet?
2: Uh, Louisville does. Uh, uh, oh yeah. No, they have not. <laughs> Thought they had a buy game in there over the weekend <laughs> well, uh, that I might did. have had when it went down with my did. turkey, but it did not. They are, Louisville now 0-6. 0-6? Oh Bellarmine, Wright State, Appalachian State, then Arkansas, Texas Tech, and Cincy have beat them.
3: It's so bad for Louisville that when you Google Louisville basketball, the first thing that comes up is the women's basketball team.
2: Man. That's how bad I it is. I saw one of the reporters putting out a meme that it was a guy putting on a hazmat suit and walking into the comments section.
3: Oh, my God. When is their first win? They play They play Maryland tomorrow. Their They're first win's right? going to be Florida State.
2: Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's gonna be it, it, our man's. I tell you, loser, loser leaves town. Loser goes home for the season, dude.
3: I, I mean, how are you? Like, how is Kenny Payne not fired? And
2: if they don't, if they don't win any of those next four, it's Maryland, Miami, Florida State, Western Kentucky, and they're projected to lose all four. Of them on Kempom, they'll finally get a win over Florida A and M. Seriously, how bad is that? That it would be what 0 10 before their first win against the 359 team in the country, Florida I A mean, and M. Yeah, I think Florida State's beating Louisville. They're gonna run Kenny out of there. If he's not careful, one of their own, one year. But dude, they're horrible. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it, they it, won't have any choice. You you don't you don't start zero and
3: ten at Louisville. You know, it doesn't take you time to rebuild. Like you can be five and five or six and four. I mean, okay, I'll I'll buy that. Zero and ten. I mean, that's just like all right. Let's just get it. Let's cut bait here. You know, because we both we know
2: the man gonna go back to Cal.
3: Yeah, I think this was Save. this was a plant. Cal planted Kenny Payne at Louisville.
2: Yikes! You know, I don't
3: have to worry about I don't have to worry about no in-state BS. No, I was happy
2: for Kenny Payne too, getting his own program. That's but, but, that's, that's a terrible start, and so that's the worst possible. That's a nightmare start, worst possible start imaginable. Lost yeah. one of those exhibition games too.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a, that's as bad They've as done it one, gets. Yeah. That's as bad as it gets. All right, we'll come back with some respect burgers, and Jason Fitz is going to join us on the other side. Stick around, Jason and John on FM.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Guests appear on the Superbook
2: Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John. Live from the Topps Barbecue Studios
0: on 92.9 FM
3: ESPN. It is moving season. So make sure you call my friends at Black Tie Move for all your moving needs. If you're thinking about relocating, whether it's home or office, cross town, across the country, let Black Tie handle that move for you. They're the best team to do it. 316-6196 is the number. 316-6196. They've changed moving the city of Memphis because they know when you're moving, you're not just moving things, you're moving pieces of your life. They're licensed. They're bonded. They're insured. The movers are professionals. They show up when they say they're going to show up. They say on the budget that you guys agreed on. Call them. Let them handle it for you. I've done it twice. Glad I did. 316-6196 is the number. Book your move now. Book's up fast. Moving season is here. Black Tie wants to take the tour of moving your things out of your hands and make it that much easier for you. Black Tide move and change and move in the city
2: of Memphis call today. I've got Respect Burgers. I'm eager to hand them out. Let's do it like we do every Monday. Now, it's time for the Jason and John show, Respect Burgers. Sizzlin' Respect Burgers, served hot hot and fresh from Jason and John. Now, some of this will be review of things we've talked about. Some of it might be new for you. Either way, uh, hopefully uh, the right people get the respect they deserve. We're starting with Ja Morant. Respect. Yep. Not just a triple-double of 27 points, 14 assists, 10 rebounds, and a win over the Knicks at the Garden last night. But he hit that go-ahead bucket there late. You just heard the audio there. Uh, the great Eric Hasseltine on the call had the 360 layup get blocked. Everybody else quits on the play. John Morant gets the put back himself. Uh, Morant, with that win yesterday and that triple-double, uh, improved to, I mentioned this earlier, 3-1 and one at Madison Square Garden on his career. That's good uh, since coming in the league in 2019. He's averaged 23.5 points, 9.8 assists in the Mecca. Uh, and added to it again with a legendary performance last night. Had it, that was his fifth career regular season triple-double. He's got six overall. We didn't touch on this. You saw him afterwards uh, before the interview with Rob Fisher. He was signing shoes, but he also signed his own jersey, and it gave it to his pops. His plan had been to give it to Derrick Rose. I think he ended up uh, having a couple of jerseys, so he was able to give to both. But you saw him right on it, uh, Pops, on that jersey. And it, his, his point was he had wanted to, and he did as that game, he used it to sort of pay homage yep. to Derrick Rose, as sort of the lead guard, athletic lead guard, that helped pave the way for guys like him. And listen, there have been a bunch of athletic lead guards in the NBA, but there's no question that at a time when John Morant was coming up, Right? There was a guy who was looking up to doing it at an MVP level by his third season. And Derek Rose, you understand the uh, the reverence he has for Derek Rose. So I appreciated uh, the kind words about Derek, The fact he was going to give him the jersey uh, ends up doing so. But also that. Dad trumps everything. If dad says, oh, man, my kid had a triple-double in the Mecca and it's last-second plan, you want to, you know, no, you don't give that jersey to me, I think you have to do it. Because in the end, don't haven't we recognized – and, and I, I think, sort of, gone along with so much of what Ja is, the DNA is how hard his dad pushed him, right? Because when, when Ja got here in 2019, we learned the story. He told his dad was his biggest hater. Yep. And some kids you can hate on and push like that, they'll go on to great. Most of them going to break. Uh, but, but obviously, the way that T Morant raised Ja, uh, a big reason why he's the player that he is, the Grizzlies are where they are. And I had no problem with, uh, with, with Dad being the trump card when it's time to get a jersey. Uh, Oh, by the way, uh, Ja was also fantastic against the Pelicans a couple of nights earlier. 23 points, 11 assists in that 132-111 win over the Pelicans on Friday night. Nice little statement game. Uh, to show the uh, the Pelicans, now nah, even when Zion on the floor, uh, y'all can't hang. And again, uh, uh, now for Charles Barkley over the last four games, Morant averaging 25.8 points, seven rebounds per game, oh, ten and a half assists, Charles. So I guess he's uh he's helping making he's helping make someone on that team better. Meanwhile, and he'll be next up for Respect Burger if he keeps this up. But I had to mention it. We touched on. Jaron Jackson scored twenty plus points in four straight games he's played in, I believe for the first time in his career. We're not doing it yet. We want to see more. He's been fantastic, though. The Grizzlies 3-1 and one in those four games, the last four games he's played. Those were wins over OKC, New Orleans, and New York. So he's been fantastic. Probably could give one to Dylan Brooks for what he's been doing on both ends here. But we're going to save those for now. John Morant gets this one. Grizzlies are 12-8 and eight and in third place in the West. Uh, one and a half games behind Phoenix, heading into a Wednesday game we mentioned against the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, moving on. Because I don't feel like he's getting the respect. All I keep hearing is, you know, yeah, he's taking a lot of shots, missing some shots. He's leading this team, you know. Where would the Tigers be without Kendrick Davis? Respect. Oh. How ugly would it be then, John? Yeah, 0-6, maybe 2-4. and 4. Yeah. Maybe so. 19 points over the three games that he he averaged 19 points over the three games in the Old Spice. And listen, I just think this would look so much different if you didn't have him. There's a number, another reason why uh, we're giving him this early season respect burger. But the last four games here, what VCU was 26, uh, Seton Hall 22. You lose that game on a last second of, uh, a shot off the backboard. Uh, that certainly wasn't Kendrick's fault. Uh, 21 against Nebraska, and then, of course, he had the 14 playing on clearly a bum ankle in that game uh, against Stanford. My thing is, it looks to me like he is battling that he is clearly not fully healthy, dealing with his ankle, looked like he tweaked it again, had to come off the floor against Stanford, uh, and he's just getting through and getting it done. Uh, Over that time, too, these uh, in the Old Spice, averaged 5.3 assists per game, had seven total steals in that game. I I know it's probably what you expected, it's what we all expected, when Penny surprised us all and... Boom, he's got Kendrick Davis through the transfer portal. But if you didn't have him, is what I'm thinking about right now, where would you be? And, oh, by the way, here's the part where maybe i bring a little bit of new to it. Over at the Ken Palm Player of the Year standings, Kendrick Davis is fifth. Wow. Fifth wow. behind uh, Zach Eddy, uh, the Purdue kid. Yep. Am I pronouncing his name correctly? I think I am. Jalen Wilson, the Kansas Kid, Drew Timmy, Marcus Sasser of Houston are the four that are ahead of Kendrick Davis right now in Ken Palm's running for College Player of the Year. No, he was second-team All-American by CBS coming into the season, and while I know maybe he hasn't shot the ball as crisply as we hope he will at some point later this season, I see a guy that is battling and holding this thing together right now, and keeping it not just respectable, but competitive, and hopefully able to give teams like you know Alabama and Auburn uh, more than just a run for their money. Hopefully, you're winning those games. You're not doing it without Kendrick Davis being at a high level. All right, moving on. I got to give it to Michigan football. Respect. It's the way they handled Ohio State. Uh, I guess, you, you know what, for, they fell behind early. It, the final score uh, wouldn't be indicative of that, When in 45-23 over Ohio State. Remember, this was at Ohio State, and at the end of it, they're planting their flag literally in the Big O in the middle of the Ohio uh, Stadium uh, turf. And any fights from Ohio State? No, you can't because you got beat down. They couldn't say a thing. It was the second straight win for Michigan in this series. Remember, we used to give Harbaugh... Hell for not being able to beat That's Ohio right. State. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, uh, a guy John Martin's been talking about, uh, I suppose, should be getting the respect burger right there at the front of this uh, at the front of this gamer. table. Through three touchdown passes, ran for a score, was a gamer. Um, yeah, yeah. That the story was just how convincing this was. I uh, didn't feel like Ohio State really after that first quarter really ever had a chance. And at this point now, 11 and one. I guess their hope is they'll get back into the college football playoff. Uh, they, they need the other dominoes to fall, but I don't see how you do that now. We said the winner of this game is the one that gets in. Yep. And for me, uh, that's a done deal. It's going to be Michigan at this point. So, respect to Harbaugh. Again, it's two straight now in the in the game. And it's the first time that Michigan's won two straight in this series in 22 years. Amazing. So, yeah, it is, especially considering Ohio State's dominance in this series. Uh, Michigan State has taken that back over the last two years, and you got to tip your cap to Harbaugh and those guys. All right, moving on. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars coach Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, two specifically. Jason, why are you rewarding a 4-7 team? I'm rewarding them because I see a future at one time I looked at the Miami Dolphins and I said I like the way that team's headed and look at where they are here now a couple of years uh, a couple of years later yeah. Eight and three got a chance John, to be the one seed Very, Miami yes. has a chance to be Absolutely. the one seed this year I look at I look at the Jags, and I see something similar I see a guy in Trevor Lawrence who's figured it out throws for over 300 yards in that game and it wasn't just the the numbers that he put up—it was the time, you know, the the third down conversion, the fourth down conversions that he was doing late there to beat Baltimore uh, ends up hitting the uh, the touchdown, uh, the winning touchdown of Marvin Jones becomes the winning touchdown because they decide to go for two, and that's why I'm putting Peterson in here as well for knowing his guys, for having the you know what's to go for two in this, and and really, what do you have to lose? You only really stand to gain because nobody expected you to beat the Baltimore Ravens in the first place if you're not, and you're a first-year coach, somebody's going to fire you. That thing's pointing in the right direction, and when you do that and get it, oh man, you galvanize them behind you then. And that's what they did. Uh, Ended up being Zay Jones, I believe, that caught the nice little laser of a pass from Trevor Lawrence on the two-point conversion. And uh, yeah, they had to dodge a Justin Tucker, I think it was a 67-yarder attempt there at the uh, buzzer that would have beat him. But Trevor Lawrence, 29 of 37, 321, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a QBR of 75, and a QB rate, uh, uh, rating of 130. Like, this is the Trevor Lawrence that people said you would get when he got drafted, but he had to get the right coach first. Yes, he did. And it's happening now with Doug Peterson, who, yeah, uh, they're in a good spot. I know four and seven right now, but the future is bright for them. That's yeah, why I'm giving them their the respect. Did you see what the
3: safety said? uh uh-uh. The safety, the Jaguar safety said, I, don't, I, I feel so bad for Trevor Lawrence because I don't even think he had a rookie year. He had to deal with Urban
2: Meyer. That's well put. That's well put. A guy who had no business yep. being an NFL head coach and being the leader of men. You can be yep. the leader of young men in college, yep, but not the leader of these paid men. Um, yeah, yeah. L- look at what a little bit of competence does. Look at what a Super Bowl winner and Doug Peterson does for the Jaguars. Yeah, this one too for the Ravens. This was this one was costly. It was drops you to seven and four. You're now in first place, tie with Cincinnati. Yeah, you've got the tiebreaker right now because you beat them. But, listen, you basically had a two-game lead before yesterday against the Jacksonville team you're supposed to beat. All right, John's going to like this one a lot. Not giving it to him because the Raiders won. I'm giving it to Josh Jacobs because of what he's doing this year. Unreal. respect. Hopefully I'm even going to maybe give you some new information. I hope. I tried to do a little bit of digging. I remember coming into this year, I was talking about it with you guys, with you, y'all didn't pick up his fifth-year option so it was disrespectful it was to start the year quite frankly the way the raiders were treating josh jacobs but were they smart to? because in some instances i guess you could say as a first rounder he's been a little bit disappointing he certainly hadn't been a guy that's shown that he's capable of just carrying the load at all you know durability has been a concern you know can you be a, a dalvin cook can you be a a, a a jonathan taylor that to this point and uh, uh, to this season I suppose we didn't have a clear answer on. Maybe we would have leaned toward no. Uh, But he is absolutely doing that this year. Yes, after having his fifth-year option declined. So he's going to be a free agent after this year. Uh, Was he at the 86-yard walk-off touchdown run yesterday against the Seahawks to win it? Over 300 total yards. He was absolutely fantastic. Finished with a franchise record. 229 yards rushing, and two scores for the Raiders. Also had six catches for 74 yards. That 303 yards for scrimmage were the most in franchise history and the seventh most in a game in the Super Bowl era. So Josh Jacobs was absolutely balling it. He's doing it in a contract year, and I hope for him, I hope some competent football team gives him a ton of money to leave the clown show that is the Raiders and go play for them next season. We'll Why see. not? We'll they see. didn't believe in you enough to pick up the fifth-year option. Yeah, no, that was a mistake. That was it a was mistake. A, it was an absolute mistake. Um, Josh Jacobs is fantastic. Like I said, uh, became the fourth player in the Super Bowl era with at least 300 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns in a game, and the first since Adrian Peterson set the single-game record for rushing yards 296 in 2007. So Josh Jacobs, again, I don't like giving the Raiders love. I like laughing at the Raiders. But he's been fantastic in what's been a contract year and a year where essentially the Raiders turn their clownish backs on him. He leads the league in rushing. This is the news I thought maybe you didn't know. 1,159 yards on 5.4 yards per carry, John. Y'all riding him, riding the heck out of him. He's still averaging over 5 carries. Derrick Henry's number two, Nick Chubb's number three. Josh Jacobs is your NFL rushing leader, what, through 11 uh, 11 games for the Raiders this year. How about that? Yeah,
3: real quick, disrespect dog, who else would it go to except the Denver Broncos? Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos are last in the NFL inside the red zone. He used to be one of the best inside the red zone. He's now happened to be uh, one of the worst in the red zone. He's like 28th in play action. He's, He's just awful. That offense is a joke, and it should be a shame. Uh, yeah, the idea that Nate Hackett is still coaching there is just, it, it's just—it's—it's beyond me. We'll come back. Jason Fitz is going to join us on the other side. We'll talk to him uh, about the NFL, about college football, coaching carousel. But before we get to Jason Fitz, shoot 360. Christmas time is coming up, and so if you need an idea for your niece, your nephew, your son, your daughter, whatever it may be, um, this is a great place to go. They love basketball, fall in love with the game. They have technology out there that's going to measure jump shots. They have drills and interactive games out there that can help with dribbling and passing, stuff that actually does make you better over time get ahead of the classmates, get ahead
2: of the peers out at Shoot360. Yeah, it's a. It's, John's right. It's a great idea for a Christmas gift. Buy him that membership. Buy that uh that that nephew or that niece in your life a uh, membership, that son or daughter like we've talked about, uh, and you can do it so affordably. They do a, a plan where you make a one-year commitment, 12 months at $130 a month. That's a great deal at $1,560. Uh, basically, that's more than I pay for Chris's two martial arts classes, at less than I pay for Chris's two martial arts classes a week. So it's a fantastic deal. You're getting a limited access just walk into the building you're going to be absolutely blown away and more importantly your kid is they to be having fun their entire game getting better it's the future of basketball training in memphis the future is now at shoot 360 go see them out at 85 market center drive in t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including
3: right here in yours
2: Incredible. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John, live from the Tops Barbecue Studios on 929 FM ESPN.
3: Hi, right, we're back. Jason and John, 929 FM ESPN, and every Monday we have the privilege. We have for the last several years, and he's one of our favorites. Absolutely. He is Jason Fitz. Catch him everywhere. All over ESPN, Dr Pepper, college football throwing contest for tuition. Spain and Fitz, college football shows all over the world. He joins us now, Fitz. What's up, baby?
4: Man, just living that. It's a victory Monday, so we're we're, we're we're celebrating. As a, as a Raiders fan, I am all in to watching my second straight walk-off overtime win. Oh, it's a delight.
3: Yeah. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Want to start though with what was the final full slate of college football? this weekend, Uh, and and let's start with Michigan and Ohio State. The way that Michigan, without Blake Corum, I think he played, you know, three snaps. You have the other running back that's got the cast on his hand. The way that J.J. McCarthy stepped in there and basically just undressed Ohio State in their building, um, what does that say about each program right now?
4: Well, for Michigan, I mean, it says clearly that they found a way to to uh, you know, assert their dominance into the college football playoff. Second straight year they get that win, and now you know they can turn around and say, "Hey, we're the big boys in this conference." But I don't think that that's uh, a, a claim that they can't uh, stake there. But the other side of it on Ohio State, what's really interesting is if you look back at the numbers going into that game, JJ McCarthy's completion comp- percentage against man is about 20 points lower than it was against zone coming into the game is QBR drastically lower against man than it was against zone. So Ohio State came out and did something they don't usually do. They ran a ton of man. Obviously, they saw that on film and thought they could could expose it. The problem is they had so many communication issues on the back end of the defense. It's like they were trying to change what they did to stop J.J. McCarthy, but instead what they did is they changed what they did and they made their lives more difficult. They weren't ready for it. So it felt like Michigan – was better prepared, Michigan was better ready to execute, and now you got to look squarely at Ryan Day and say, man, the standard for most coaches that gets you fired from that job is not being able to beat Michigan. You got two straight losses to Michigan, no national championships for somebody that is praised the way he's praised. I think, look, I'm not saying he should be on the hot seat, but I think Ohio State fans rightfully are pretty angry about the fact that it wasn't just a loss. It was a blowout where you were outplayed and you were outcoached, mm-hmm. and you might have better players.
3: So for the upshot for Michigan is – is what I mean with the uncertainty around the injuries there. I mean, do you, do you give them much of a shot in the playoff? I mean, I I want to believe. I think DJ McCarthy is a gamer, but it feels like a lot to ask.
4: I mean, without Blake Corum being 100, percent it would be a lot to ask. But then again, we have now how many weeks in a row where Georgia has been sluggish at times, right? Like, you know, we we excuse sort of the fact that Georgia was slow against Kentucky for a while. They were slow against Georgia Tech for a while. Like uh, Georgia has not been as dominant as I want them to be through the process. TCU's defense may or may not show up for the first half. And USC, likely the fourth team in the playoff, if all things go to chalk, then you know, USC barely ever puts together complete games. Their, their offense just can't be stopped. So I think there are fatal flaws to all four. Like we, Right now we have four the best four teams – are not as quality as we're used to seeing from the best
3: four teams. Uh, on TCU, you know, everybody has been waiting on them to stub their toe week after week after week. This is going to be the week. This is going to be the week. And, again, you know, an, a, a plucky Iowa State defense, they just take apart uh, on the way to 62-14 to win. Uh, I mean, are, are we there yet where we're willing to say, like, TCU's probably – I mean, they're not losing. I don't see it. Um, are, are we there yet with TCU, or are we going to keep saying it until they ultimately do?
4: Well, I think their their defense has some questions on it. But when you have one of the best wide receivers, one of the best running backs, and one of the best quarterbacks in the country, I mean, why not, right? And so they can score on absolutely anybody. That's why what becomes interesting in the Michigan conversation, for example, is can you score enough points with that type of offense to be able to remain competitive with TCU week in, day in and day out? I, I don't know. You know, if you're Michigan, you're a little worried about playing somebody that dynamic offensively. So, I think the, the best part about TCU is that whether they're handing the ball off or whether they're just heaving the ball in the air, they got guys that are better than other teams' guys to make those plays. So I give playmakers a lot of credit going into the playoff. There is no proof of concept for TCU as there is for some of the other schools, but why not TCU at this point? I mean, if, if the if the big issue is you can't stop anybody, that's of all the big issues you can have, I'd rather have that issue than the you can't score on anybody issue. So – I think they've managed to, to maintain it every year and they, or every week, and they seem kissed by the gods right now. I mean, the, the number of weird ways they've won, I'm not counting them out.
2: And then USC, Fitzy, what's your belief level in them? They've certainly gotten hot at the right time.
4: If, a draft, if, if Caleb Williams was draft eligible, he'd be the first pick. I mean, he's not just playing incredible football. He's playing better football than anybody else. He's playing football in a smart way that just, it's a delight. to watch. It's watching artwork right now with the way Caleb Williams is playing and what they just did to Notre Dame. And we knew going in that Notre Dame had a tight end that could be a matchup nightmare. He turned out to be a matchup nightmare. We know that USC has issued covering slot receivers and tight ends. We know all of these things that could haunt USC in the playoff if they're taking on a team like Georgia that has Brock Bowers, for example. But man, right now, the way Caleb Williams is playing, I don't know that there's anybody in the country Hotter than he is today, as we go into the presumably the playoffs. I'm not. I'm not putting money against USC. I'll tell you that.
2: And then Luke Fickle was such a stud at Cincinnati. What's he going to be at Wisconsin? Fitz,
4: I'm shocked. Like y'all, I'm shocked by this decision. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like as much as because you're Luke Fickle, like you've had opportunity every stinking year. Wisconsin is the job that you you're willing to, to go to, like, is Wisconsin now a stepping stone? Because I don't understand. With Luke Fickle going into the Big 12 anyway in a year, I don't understand why, you're, if you, why you leave for Wisconsin, where at best you're the third-best team in your conference. Like, mm-hmm. that just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Luke Fickle can recruit with anybody. And by the way, Cincinnati lost basically everybody and still put together a top 25 team. Like, he, he's, he's built a program. He's going to go somewhere where he'll have the opportunity to be successful. But is he going to be on, on par with Michigan and Ohio State every year, I just have a hard time seeing that. So, I don't – like, it's a little like the Dion argument. Like, there are jobs out there that are worth it. But Colorado is not one of them. If you're Dion, there are jobs out there that are worth it. Wisconsin ain't one. If you're Luke Fickle,
3: um, we're talking to Jason Fitz, joining yeah. every single Monday here on the show. I, I don't know what the status of of Hugh Freeze to Auburn is. It felt like it had a lot of momentum and traction yesterday. Then you get the you know the rumblings about maybe the the AD or the presidents are having second thoughts because of his background. I guess I would ask you before I get to the merits of the job for him: um, should should he be Still held accountable after paying his penance for what happened at Ole Miss, should this be something well, that he's still paying for today?
4: I think you know, at the end of the day, the Auburn team probably had to go to see if Craigslist still exists to see if they could find enough escorts to make him happy. I joke, mm-hmm. it's inappropriate, but also I'm holding him to a standard. Like, I, guys, like you don't you don't get to uh, use the pulpit the way he has for his whole life. Be busted doing what he's doing, which he he was doing, which he tried to deny for so long then go to Liberty University, which is the most, like, transparent, look at me, guys, this is, you know, I'm, this is who I really am, move, and now not have to answer serious questions about what you did, why you did it, and how you've learned from it. And I think that's the number one thing. Like, uh, has he paid his price for it? I don't know. He's kept earning money the whole time, right? Like, so has he really paid? Like, going down to Liberty is still a head coaching job, and there are tons of high school coaches right now that would, kill for the opportunity for a d1 job there are tons of coordinators across the country that would kill for it so like I, I always say is as somebody you know for anyone that wants to tweet me about second chances i will remind the world my brother served seven years for possession with the intent to distribute i believe in second chances drastically i don't believe that second chances have to exist for second chances at dream jobs there's a difference between a second chance at life and a second chance at a fully guaranteed contract they can pay you 50, 60, $70 million. I don't think second chances for those things have to necessarily exist. And if they do exist, I think it's absolutely fair for the guys and, and girls in that room that are interviewing him the first time to ask him why he did what he did, what he learned from it, how they, how he can be trusted to be held accountable and what his message is to every single fan somewhere that says, man, this is the guy you want to leave my kids. Cause man, I, I got a pretty easy argument recruiting against him if I'm Nick Saban. So you know, I know Auburn wants a big name that can go out and help them win football games, but I, just Hugh Freeze ain't it for me.
3: So, do you, so I guess that like <clears throat> sort of answers the question. You don't think <clears throat> he would necessarily do a great job there?
4: No, I think he'd do a great job. I just think it's hypocritical. Like I, this mm. is this is the hardest part of it. Like it, in a world where we're like in a world like my movie voice. Um, in a world where Hugh Freeze is, is going to have creative offensive uh, concepts, he's going to be able to score on anybody. He's a very good football coach. But, you know, what do you pay? You are the highest paid state educator when you work at these schools. You're getting paid more than everybody else at your school that's supposedly there to educate. And I believe at some point, if a school is going to make it, we always hear that college football and college basketball are the front porches for a university. It's the best sales pitch you can possibly have for who your university is because every time Auburn plays Alabama, in the Iron Bowl, there's 15 million people that are watching it and everybody's talking about it. It is the way you promote who you are as a school. And if part of that promotion is promoting Hugh Freeze as a human being, you better have real answers on why you were comfortable letting him stand on your sideline.
2: Do we chalk turn it to the NFL, Fitzy? Do do we chalk up this season for the Green Bay Packers as injury riddled, couldn't get it together in terms of the weapons after you let go of Devontae Adams, do all of that, or and and run it back next year, or do you look at this season and say no, we've got a we've got to make a big move here? We drafted Jordan Love in the first round, still don't know on him. What, what's the play for Green Bay going forward in the next season?
4: I'm not. Uh, like, I don't have any inside information here, but I would be stunned if Lafleur isn't on the hot seat at the end of all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, good and LeFleur are going to have to answer for wasting a first round draft pick. And, and that's first and foremost, like take all of the rest of the controversy away. And, and even the controversy about not drafting somebody that could have been a weapon. You drafted somebody in the first round of the draft. It's never even seeing the field. When have we ever said that? Like, Hey, I drafted somebody in the first round, not even just a quarterback. I drafted a player in the first round, and he never played significant snaps for us at all. Like, that's a level of bust that usually there's accountability for. So that either comes to Gutekunst or Lafleur. But, you know, Lafleur is somebody that every time they win games, people are like, look at what a great coach he is. Well, I don't know. Like, he he had a back-to-back MVP that was basically running things the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know that you can necessarily look at all of this and not have consequence to the people that are responsible for making the most of the least. I mean, we live in a world where the Cowboys have been up and down, sure, but the Cowboys won a bunch of games with their backup quarterback in it, right? Like, so you you can still win in this league even when you are shorthanded. How many teams right now are dealing with injury issues all right. over the right. place, and they're still getting wins? Like, I just can't excuse the fact that the Packers look incompetent when they play football right now, and that – that comes down to communication. That comes down to coaching. It's not as simple as young players aren't contributing. Well, there's got to be a real answer to why. And that means are they being coached up the right way or the scheme's the right? I, I, I think that there's plenty of accountability because there's not much that I'm going to feel better about next year if I'm the Packers. You, you, you need so many different players that uh, there's just not an easy solution and yet again, you wasted a year in Aaron, of Aaron Rodgers.
3: Um, around the NFL, Denver loses again. They put up one touchdown against the measly Carolina Panthers, and somehow, as of this interview, Nathaniel Hackett's still the coach. How is that possible?
4: <laughs> I think just because they realize they got to suffer through the rest, Nothing's going to help for the next few weeks. So, you know, it is a help to just go out there and lose football games if you know the guy's not coming back. So uh, they'll just tank their way through it. But the hardest part of that is, look at the dead cap hit numbers for Russ over the next few years. Like he can't go anywhere. So you, this is going to be your quarterback. So now you're really going to have to look and say, okay, who can make the most of Russell Wilson? Because it's obviously not Hackett, It's obviously not the current Broncos staff. So they're going to have to go out. And, and the question number one for whoever they replace Hackett with is going to be, what's your plan with Russ? Cause you can't get rid of him for another three years. Y'all like that. He is going to be the Broncos quarterback for the next three years. So like, that's that's pitiful when you watch the way he's playing, because he's playing like a kid that just came out of college that doesn't know what he's doing back there. So, yeah, there, there there's going to be a new coach there, but that coach better be a quarterback guru that can come in and figure out how to communicate to Russ and do exactly what Russ does well, because otherwise – they're going to be where they are for the next several years.
2: You talk about the guys who look like they knew what they were doing, and I know they've just got four wins. They're 4-7 and seven right now. But the Jacksonville Jaguars at the end of that game with Peterson now at the head and, and leading Trevor Lawrence, Trevor looked awesome. He made all the throws he had to to come back against a good Baltimore team. I just see good things in the future for Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson.
4: Yeah, I, I think that whole team feels like they're turning the corner, yep. right? Like, And that win was a big win, but – you're right, Trevor Lawrence it feels like he's getting more and more comfortable. Yes. Doug Peterson has proof of concept in his past and what he's been able to do. ETN there has obviously played really well. Like They have enough players there. They have enough young stars. You just feel like, hey, the core is set. The foundation is there in a division that, frankly, I mean, we have no idea if the Texans are ever going to find a coach that lasts for more than a year. The Colts have no idea what they're doing after this season. And the Titans are about as up and down as it can possibly get. In their ability to win games that they should win and lose games that they should lose. Like, it's hard to figure them out. So, if you're the Jags, you're looking at it and saying, hey, we're only a few pieces away from being legitimate uh, d- division championship contenders. Like, why not us? I think they're, they're, it's amazing how four and seven feels different for them than it does for other teams it's because true. it feels like they're on the rise.
3: Last thing, Fitz, the, the Cleveland Browns get an overtime win against Tampa Bay and now it's about to be Deshaun Watson time yeah. in Cleveland. They're 4 and 7. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like they're "quote unquote" in it. What do you think this looks like when Deshaun Watson gets in there?
4: Yeah, I expect Deshaun to be rusty at best. You know, like th- there's just a uh, an element here where he was rusty in the preseason, right? And now he's been practicing for a couple of weeks. But still, I mean, guys, when you haven't played that long, even when Mike Vick came back to the league, like think about it took a minute for him to be Mike Vick, right? I, I, Deshaun Watson, the human being, and Deshaun Watson, the football player, are two very different conversations. And Deshaun Watson, the football player, is a top-five quarterback in my mind. So now the question is how long does it take to get to top-five quarterback form? And I, the answer to that is if I'm realistically a Browns fan right now, I'm hoping that over the last month of the season – I just watched Deshaun get comfortable. It's all about next year. Yep. It's all about you know when when you've got a young quarterback. It's all about next year. Annabelle agrees, and uh, it's all about next year and the next you know three or four years. So it's a process. No wow. doubt. Pitcher, the man. <laughs> appreciate you as Thank always. Thank you so man. much, brother. Thank Have a great you. week. I appreciate you guys.
3: Yep. yep, he is. Jason Fitz. has some some uh, some hubbub. Going on around that house,
2: Annabelle, I believe. Annabelle's, yep. Uh, the, yeah, and, and and Annabelle was saying it's time to go. Exactly right. So we we we, we appreciate pick, Fitzy.
3: We picked up on that. We are intuitive people. We knew, hey, when it's time to cut an interview, you got to cut it an interview. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Does Jeff Hawkins have that same sixth sense? He does not. He will take that thing until the bitter end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, drag it out unnecessarily, but not us. Not this show. It's never what we've been about. It's never what we're going to be about. We're going to respect people's time. Thank you for
2: that, John. I'm sure Fitz appreciates it.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
1: Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.